Hello and welcome to the Change in Education podcast. As the UK's largest education business partnership, the Change in Education group delivers the best in-class work experience and careers management services. Why not find out more? Check out our website, changingeducation.co.uk and send us an email, info at changingeducation.co.uk. In this week's episode, company directors and co-founders Matthew Hodgkinson and Stephen Hackney and I will be discussing work experience relaunch. Hello and welcome. It's week two. It's episode two. It only feels like a few minutes ago since we did the first episode. Wow, what a time we had. Stephen, Matthew, a warm welcome to you. You've got the company directors and co-founders here with me today. Stephen, can I start with you? Tell us about week one. How do you think that went? Yeah, week one, really, really useful. Uh, doesn't harm to look backwards and, and you know, the work that we've been doing and what we're trying to achieve. Uh, I think I'm more excited about the upcoming weeks because we are going to be dissecting some of those challenges in the world of careers provision and work-based learning provision and it's good we don't we don't do it enough as a as, as individuals but as a company we don't take time to reflect and come up with uh, solutions or recommendations for improving the way that we support young people so yeah i'm super super excited about uh, the upcoming weeks so we're uh, yeah really good really good excellent matthew how do you think episode one went well well, looking at our viewer figures, you know, I didn't, I didn't see it was uh, millions and millions that watched it, but I know that podcasts are slow burners. So, you know, there's a lot of great stuff there. And I think it's, it's really cathartic in what Steve has just said in, in reflecting and looking back and, uh, and just giving those little pearls of, of wisdom. Because we've been doing this for 12, 13 years. We probably mentioned countless times in the first podcast episode. So I think that, Obviously, you know, it went well. You know, we have got great content coming up. Uh, but it's, we, obviously, we want to get people engaged in what we're doing here. You know, we, uh, we work with many, many schools across the UK. Steve and I have got a breadth, or we hope we've got a breadth of knowledge. Some of the comments may, uh, may suggest we don't know what we're talking about. But uh, we, we feel we do, and we, we, we've been doing this for a long time. So uh, we really want to push these podcasts out there. And as Steve said, it's, it's great for us because although we've set a uh, you know an itinerary a calendar of podcasts for the uh, for the foreseeable for the whole academic year you never know what nuances might change you know some little nuggets of information may arise in the in the media that we can jump on so uh yeah i'm uh, i'm ready to get going i'm just fresh from a boxing class as well I yeah I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm feeling uh, fighting fit yeah, I was about to say, you know, the beauty with this is you can do it literally from anywhere. Uh, you've just come back from a boxing session in the car, jumped on, and uh, great to have you here. <laughs> yeah, it's struggling with phone signals, but again, the beauty of, of podcasts and, and because we work uh, around the UK, you know, I'm currently in Manchester, and I've uh, seen you down in Korea yourself, Amos, I believe you're in Manchester, but, you know, we, we, we could be doing this anywhere in the UK, couldn't we? And we've got clients everywhere in the UK. And, uh, yeah, raring yeah. to go. So this week we're talking about work experience relaunch. Um, first thing that comes to me is why relaunch? Steve, why are we relaunching? Uh, well, work experience relaunch, it's something that we've uh, 
we're promoting because of obviously no surprise to anybody the impact of COVID-19 so uh just to give some uh figures uh pre-COVID which would have been 2018-2019 uh we we were operating you know tens of thousands of workplace opportunities thousands of careers interactions with uh, students across uh, all uh, educational uh, establishments from uh, schools to FE and, and, and those areas. Then we obviously uh, COVID hit. And uh, one of the most challenging things is when you're running a company that delivers work-based learning and careers programs, and you can't obviously operate those kind of provisions, it has a huge impact on us as a company, but also most importantly, has a huge impact on the students now that are going to miss out. So, uh, just to put into context, I mean, I just uh, put some uh, figures together in my head. Uh, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking, uh, somebody will prove me wrong, but I'm sure there's about 20 to 22,000 uh, educators, high schools, uh, schools across the country. If we look at them ranging between year groups of anywhere between 100 and 300, and we just call the average 200. Uh, then because work-based learning hasn't been able to happen in the same uh, vigor that it was prior, uh, pre, uh, sorry, pre-COVID, you're talking at least half a million displaced students who've had no uh, credible work-based learning programs, as in, I'm going to say credible, uh, we'll come on in a minute, we'll probably talk about a virtual experience, but when I say credible, I mean actually out with the employer, which is what obviously you can't beat. And you yourself, Amos, as a careers advisor, know that uh, you know the students have had not the same level of careers interactions. Now, um, there'll be people here, uh, you know, at this point listening, thinking, "Yeah, but we have put things in place to uh, to cover that shortfall, that gap," and we have. But I don't believe you can beat the real thing, and, and there'll be argument, debate galore about this. But uh, we called it work experience re relaunches because it's the first time this academic year where we can really be serious about getting those students back out on work-based learning programs. So yeah, that's the work experience relaunch. Yeah, thank you for explaining that. Matthew, uh, before we started, Steve and I were talking and uh, Steve mentioned the COVID generation and it's such a scary thing. It's a horrible thing to, to hear, um, the COVID generation. And unfortunately, you know, there are the COVID generation, these young people who have, are in this position. It's not ideal. It's not great. Um, what does it mean? How can they be helped? What can we do? What can organizations like the Change in Education Group do? What can schools do uh, to, 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 to help these, uh, these young people? Yeah, it's a great question. Um... There, there is no doubt a COVID generation. The students that have been uh, that have been in their bedrooms accessing virtual materials for probably far too long. And we we used to joke as an organisation anyway. We're we're based in colleges across the UK, and I've I've previously been a school teacher, and I always used to uh, try and uh, find students that were struggling with their interpersonal skills and make a beeline for them and support them. You know, there's the simple factors, simple things such as eye contact, shaking somebody's hand, uh, holding a conversation and having the confidence to hold a conversation. Now, I, I think young people were struggling in general with those facets anyway, and those concepts pre-COVID. COVID then hits 
and the marketplace and the school marketplace and the curriculum then is flooded even more so with virtual fixes, uh, a, a virtual uh, project that they have to complete, virtual lessons, and, and we all know, you know, Zoom became a household name, Microsoft Teams became a household name, and. Well, these were household names to the educators, not the young people. The young people have been doing this for years and years and years anyway. You know, I think the teachers were more concerned about uh, the use of technology than the, you know, the students. So I think it's manifested itself further. I think there are some students, you know, for argument's sake, if you were in year, in year 10 during the 2019-2020 academic year, then you missed out on all your career interviews. You missed out on, on, on work experience. And... You probably, your career advisor at the school, probably sat down quickly and put together some kind of virtual program. Uh, now, me being cynical, that was, everybody had a role to play in hitting the gaps, the benchmarks, and we'll talk about Gatsby and everything to do with the Department of Education and, and those big ticks in boxes that we all need to, you know, we all need to fulfill. But really, did it help the young person? You know, they were virtualed out anyway, and all we did was apply more virtual content to young people. So I think we are we, we champion face-to-face. -face. Uh, Steve and I are, uh, I wouldn't say we're old school, but we very much live by a blended mix. You know, young people live in their own communities. Their, their communities need to support them. There is no point in a young person accessing a virtual work placement in a company they are never going to go to. Now, that... that now, that, that I'm, somebody listening to this might, might, might feel differently about that because the experience is crucial, and I understand that, but ultimately we are in the, in the business of ensuring that a young person gets a, a valuable and attainable work placement. And I think that that's what we have to get back to and get back to quickly. And, and, and that really is what makes us happy as an organisation, that young people are actually placed with organisations and are managed and tracked effectively that are attainable, that actually, you know, if it's the northeast of England and there's still, a, you know, a high concentration of manufacturing jobs, young people are accessing those manufacturing jobs. Rather than somebody in the northeast of England accessing something that's based in, in London or based overseas, which is great for a virtual experience, but they need both. They need a blended mix because ultimately those, some of those students may not be able to access those opportunities. They can aspire to them, absolutely, and we should be in the business of ensuring young people aspire, but we have to give a dose of reality to these Gatsby benchmarks. And I, I'm, I'm probably more so, because I work on a delivery side of things, we'll be talking in that framework, in that context, because I think it's really important that not only do we tick Gatsby benchmarks, but actually, are they real? Are young people actually benefiting from the school leaders putting big ticks in these boxes. And I think it's going to be an uphill battle, one that they can definitely win. You know, young people will, uh, will will ask these opportunities, and I think it's one that they can definitely win. But the result of COVID has definitely put virtual on top of virtual, and that is definitely something that uh, we need to focus on. Absolutely. Um, I think virtual was almost like a plaster on something that, you know, we needed to go back to. And I think it's, uh, it's important for young people uh, to be in a workplace where there's that mentoring, that coaching, that support that they need uh, that you just don't get in, uh, <laughs> in on a screen. And uh, virtual has its place, uh, but 
certainly being in-house uh, is, is is a completely different uh, ball game. Steve, can you talk to us about the programmes on offer, uh, both uh, in-house and virtual? Yeah, so historically, uh, it ties in nicely because historically, uh, as Matthew said, he worked on the delivery side, I worked more on the tech side. And there has been some, and, and there's, 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 other, there's other companies out there that have created during COVID some brilliant virtual work experience programmes, which is their branding. And I um, reflect on that um, quite a lot and think that we did jump onto that uh, bandwagon of virtual work experience. And I, I think we made an error in judgment because our speciality is placement readiness. And there is a difference. And, and, and again, people listening in uh, will be thinking, you know, virtual work experience. I think virtual work experience is actually an, it's something that can't be done because, you know, my, in, my, in my old school head is that for somebody to go and actually experience the world of plumbing, to experience the world of uh, hair and beauty, to go out with uh, a mechanic. And these virtual work experience programs were absolutely brilliant because they did um, encapsulate some of the larger companies nationally who got involved and put really supportive programs on. Of course, you know, um, improved a young person's knowledge and skills. So that's it's brilliant. But when it comes to actually work-based learning, as Matthew said, and we look at the uh, the SMEs or the smaller businesses locally in that local business community, you know, virtual work experience didn't exist because they weren't involved in those programs. And we made an error in judgment uh, by creating our own virtual work experience program. And now that program, I would, the program was brilliant. However, the bit that we could, pretty much impossible to do that we couldn't do was actually get the student to do an activity with the employer. And what we should have done and, and would have tied in very nicely would have been a placement readiness program where we educate the young person on what it's like in the world of work, what skills they need to improve, and what will it look like when they actually make that transition into going to the world of work. And so, you know, you know, if I could turn back time, uh, I wish I could, and we, we would have probably rebranded it slightly differently. However, not to take away the fact that we, after our virtual work experience program, even with the wrong title, was actually really supportive and really useful. So as we move uh, into our, uh, you know, fingers in the air, quote unquote, a no more normal year, you know, for us as a company, we, we've really uh, looked internally and, 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 and really put together uh, programs that are um, wholesome, meaningful, uh, and actually people don't understand that actually a real, uh, you know, a very, very uh, work experience excellent. When you look at pre-placement, placement readiness, placement and close placement provision, it's quite complex. The things that Gatsby and Ofsted want you to do during each of those three phases with young people and what young people should be experiencing. So we've used our tech and we've and our programs now work seamlessly to make sure that all those key interactions that the student needs to do regarding preparing them for the world of work, to support them during the world of work, and then help them to reflect after they've been on work placement are all integrated, such as the skills builder integration, which is obviously a nationally recognized self-assessment tool. So when it comes to our product, we've gone really much back to basics and really tightened up what we're good at, which is work experience, extended work placement provision, careers provision, risk management, employer engagement. And we're starting to offer now uh, to our, uh, to anybody, it's not our clients, but everybody, uh, free, free, free provision. And when we say free, I hate the word free, you know, at no cost because sometimes i feel it devalues of what you're giving them but we're offering we, we want to give back so we're giving back 
careers toolkits, place of readiness toolkit, you know, consultancy to help uh, people get back to that, you know, get work experience ready, you know, ready uh, and get back to the world of work experience as it's back on the agenda. And, uh, you know, so, and, and obviously supporting that with tech to make sure that they can easily report those interactions. So I'm excited about this new year. Uh, I don't think it obviously will be fully back uh, to, uh, it will never go back to the way we were. We should, we should always be learning uh, from what we've, we, what we've learned and, and, and the stuff that we shouldn't have been doing, we've got rid of and the stuff that we should have been doing, we've enhanced. And that's the key part of it is that we will, we're learning by our mistakes. We're not perfect as a company. And I think the one thing to take away from what I've just said there is, is that, you know, when it comes to virtual work experience, me personally, as a director, I think we rebranded it wrong and we should have done placement readiness. Yeah. Uh, Matthew, you wrote a letter out um, explaining what Steve just said to clients. Um, and yeah, uh, I think the rebranding was certainly something that, you know, um, could have been done differently. Uh, I think everybody agrees on that. What I want to ask you now is, uh, and you can touch on that as well if you want to, um, but what I want to also ask you is how do these programs, Steve's mentioned, how do they meet the Gatsby benchmarks? How does the career provision, the extended work experience, how do these all meet the Gatsby benchmarks? Yeah, well, before I answer that question, I think just to pick up on the uh, on the virtual work experience offer and, you know, going back to my original point that young people were virtualed out, I think that, uh, you know, we, we delivered real people via video to schools and colleges. And what I mean by that is that it could have been a small uh, plumber, as you, to use Steve's analogy of a, of a how can you replicate a plumbing placement? Well, I'll tell you the best way to replicate a plumbing placement is actually record a, uh, a local plumber doing his or her job and then send it back to school so they can access that. So that made it real. If we compare that to other virtual offerings, and obviously, you know, all credible in their own right, but let's try and keep things real. This is where I, I'll always champion the role of an EBP. And we're an EBP and many other EBPs throughout the UK that actually cement a legacy within the local community. How many young people, you know, that are not working with EBPs, that are working with these bigger organisations that are purely tech-based? young people actually go to Balfour BT, uh, JCB, uh, Nestle, Nike, Vodafone? Actually, how many actually do eventually end up there on a work placement? I haven't got the figures in front of me, but I would suggest that it's very, very low. So although we can aspire and use these virtual programs, but ultimately a lot of the, uh, the, the, the quick to market tech companies, the quick to market virtual companies that popped up all throughout COVID, will have thousands of young people accessing one talk. Now, actually, we know that a thousand into one just doesn't go. And that, and that was our... In our defence, you have to give real attainable opportunities. Yes, the sky's the limit, reach for the stars, but let's give them a staircase leading up to those uh, those opportunities. Otherwise, we will just students will have this expectation that because they attended a virtual work experience talk with Nestle, that as soon as they leave school, they're going to get an apprenticeship with Nestle. Well, let's be honest, Nestle must have a hell of a lot of opportunities for young people. 
because that is just not going to happen. And and I think that careers leaders have to be careful. There's a fine line. There's a fine line between being aspirational and actually having real opportunities. And the other EBPs across the UK, I know will back me on this when I say this, is that we must keep things locally and real to the young people because it could be damaging the other way by giving opportunities that actually, quite frankly, are not there. And I'd just like to just jump in that, uh, Amos, uh, just to jump on that saying is that we recognised early on, and again, and no fault through anybody, through the schools or anybody, but a lot of the, uh, a lot of provision uh, that was targeted was very academic. So if you were a student who was going off to, uh, who had an academic pathway, then you've you got a lot of things catered for you when it comes to careers and work-related learning provision. We found the gap really was for students who were looking for a vocational pathway who were just struggling with education. You know, who who are they going to go work with? Who are they going to uh, spend time with? You know, and we forget about the speciality. Who are they going to go with to improve their employability, life and social skills? Now, where are they going to get these opportunities away from a core curriculum that might be academic? And, and like I say, it's, it's nobody's fault because that's just the way the system is set up. So, you know, we have to look at catering for making sure that, you know, irrespective of what pathway you want to take, maybe that be you are academic or you're not academic, you want to, you know, you want to take a, a, a HE or a vocational pathway or you're just struggling with school and you just want to go into work. And I had a long time ago, I had a bit of a, a ding dong with a teacher. We were seeing, uh, we had students referred to us who were obviously struggling with education and uh, they weren't uh, academic in any way. So, you know, they, 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 they didn't want to be in school, uh, but these were students that did have something about them. They wanted to do something. I want to be a mechanic, a plumber. I want to do hair and beauty. I want to do care. I want to do childcare. I just, you know, I'm struggling with education. Now, it's important that we promote that the students should always be, uh, you know, involved in education they need their maths and english and actually their school is a is a really good support network for these young people however uh these students you know um must also be given uh, additional opportunities to flourish and we felt that a work-based learning program in which they go out on placement two days a week uh, and they do work skills as well as their core subjects in school would help them flourish in preparation for their transition into further education and employment and I did, I did an interview one day and there's a student that's never never in school. They, she'd come in specifically to meet with me to do initial assessment, to make sure she was placement ready, that she was committed to a work placement. Because we have to we have to obviously protect the student that it's not just another failed thing that they go through. Also safeguard the employer that they're not getting a student that's not interested. So we're trying to balance all these, you know, these, the, these uh, people to make sure that they're all supported effectively. So I did this initial assessment and I happened to be a, a teacher who came into the room at the very end where the student said, listen, all I want to do is leave school and go out and work. And I actually, I, I'm, I'm quite happy to work in retail at my local co-op and just to get myself on the ladder. And this is the girl saying this, I didn't say this. And uh, I said, that's brilliant. You know, you're motivated. You want to, you, you want to follow a career, you know, you're thinking of something in retail, your local co-op, you know, it's a start, you know, you're motivated. And she went out of the room and I felt good because you know what, I thought we could go into the co-op and the co-op have helped us before. This will be a great uh, baseline for the student to get some basic skills in the world of work and help build her confidence and her skill sets. And when she walked out the room, that said teacher started tutting. I said, what's up? And she said, um, these kids, you know, is that all she wants to be? Wants to work in the co-op in retail? And I did turn to this and said, 
And that's why you're the problem. Because for every 100 students, if you are pragmatic, we have to cater for every industry. And if we're not preparing students uh, for the world of work, even at retail level, cleaning, then we're doing them a disservice because there is all pathways to think about. And we spend a lot of time thinking about on the high end careers pathways and not really thinking about those industries that need to uh, staff. So, yeah. So, sorry, I think a while off track there. <laughs> no. Sorry. Sorry. I believe the question was for me, Stephen. Is it <laughs> I, I do that a lot. I won't do it. It was a fantastic point. And I think, you know, you know, do not, do not despise humble beginnings. And, you know, starting at a co-op, the skills that you learn, you know, time management, team work, and I could go on. But it's the practical skills. And it's a shame that the teachers couldn't see that and they just thought of it as something that was very small and didn't amount to anything, which is a shame. And that's the problem, as you said, Steve. One of the staff, one of our staff members actually coined a phrase. I don't think it's in the English language. We've snobberized certain career pathways. I think they're right. I think we have. I think we've snobberized certain career pathways. And then we wonder why people don't want to go and work in these certain areas that are desperate for staff. And as you said, Amos, as a starting point, you go to work at the co-op on a, on a low salary. What's not to say in five, 10 years, you're not the area manager. Yeah, there is career pathways in this company. So yeah, okay. So yeah, yeah. And on that point, in fact, uh, one of the interviews we did for our virtual offer last year is that we had uh, someone who went through the same pathway. They started at the co-op, cleaning the floor, stocking the shelves. A few years later, he's running the whole district. So, you know, things do happen, things change. Matthew, going back to what I was asking you earlier on, how do these programmes meet the Gatsby benchmarks? Yeah. All we need to do to meet the Gatsby benchmarks, and when I'm talking about we, you know, careers advisors within schools, SLT within schools, uh, with the, with you know, in charge of career provision. If we give students an opportunity to taste the world of work, i.e., they go out to the world of work, so they do one week or extended placement, they do some work experience, and they have an impartial careers advice and guidance interview really those two things alone will hit all the eight Gatsby benchmarks. We overthink it, we overcomplicate it because there's, there's there's room for interpretation. Now, without going through each one of the eight Gatsby benchmarks, you can visit our website, many websites that actually break it down as how these companies support you hitting Gatsby benchmarks. But as a careers advisor listening to this today, give your students one-to-one -one careers advice and guidance in a session throughout the year. Give your students a taste of the world of work and then go from there because he, those two things alone will then open up all the remaining Gatsby benchmarks. Because if it's done correctly, if the work experience placement is done correctly, where we prepare students, we analyze them on placement and reflect afterwards, you're hitting your Gatsby benchmarks. If we have a one to one impartial careers advice and guidance interview and we give a student a, a synopsis, a review of what we spoke about, so then you're hitting more Gatsby benchmarks. Let's not overcomplicate this. And that's the problem. People looking at these Gatsby benchmarks and thinking, some schools think, you know what, we can do this on the cheap. We can do it cheap. We can uh, we can give students, say, yeah, a video to watch and they can tick a, a big box. Or we can, uh, probably for another day, 
but the amount of schools that don't actually buy in impartial careers advice and guidance is probably a, is, a, is a big problem in the UK schooling system. But ultimately, those two things alone, Amos, will allow a careers advisor within a school or an SLT member of staff send students out on work experience and complete a careers interview. And yes, we've listen, you can use us. We can we can do that for you. You know, absolutely. That's why me and Steve are here talking today. We are a we are a business, but we uh, you know, hopefully it'll come across that uh, you know, there are other EBPs throughout the UK that offer that raw service and then the school themselves can tick the boxes as they see fit. But come on, let's give the students the uh, the experience that will help them, not the experience that will help the school. Yeah, great point. What can schools and colleges expect in the package? What's uh, what's in there for them? They, they can expect lots. I mean, again, you know, the other EBPs across the UK, uh, we do simple things very well. You know, we've, we've, as Steve has spoken about, we've built technology and that technology isn't to replace the real experience. It's to ensure that you can do it. A lot of schools are, are phased by the, the notion of 200 students going out at once work experience. Well, hey, presto, you know, we've got we've got a fantastic, easy to use app that students just do everything that would have normally been done on paper. The school teacher logs into our desktop platform that's been refined over 12 years just to see exactly what's going on and where safeguarding is our biggest concern we put a big tick in the safeguarding box these young people are going out on placements after all they're leaving the uh, the school environment for the very first time and they are treated like an employee they are an employee for that whole week so again that's something that we focused on since 2008 ensuring that everything is safe and secure and the way the software program works it does put those roadblocks up to ensure that no young person actually attends a placement without uh, being the educator being warned that there are there aren't the effective risk management procedures in place. Uh, career advice and guidance. We, you know, we, we have a team of, of people that go to schools and, and support young people with one-to-one -one career advice and guidance. And again, all, all packaged up as you would expect from a uh, from a tech company because we are a tech company as well as a delivery company so you know all we do as a business is have a fantastic ethos that young people place the heart of what we do you know steve and i come from education background but just packages up very nicely but at the end of the day the school has to make the decision whether the, how and how they want to meet the requirements and because the way the gaps benchmarks are written and they are written in such a way that lends itself to well, we you know we can just put a tick in the box let's think of these young people that have actually lost a whole year maybe two years of their education and let's not fall into the trap that is that is now potentially we can quickly hit the gatsby benchmarks without actually giving a real experience because the young people will leave your school or your college thinking that they can go and work in these big businesses and of course they can let's not of course they can of course you know i remember uh, i was listening i listened to a lot of podcasts you know paul gascoigne a, a UK, one of the most famous footballers that we produce in this country was told that he'll never be a footballer never ever in a million years and then he goes back to school and gives two fingers up to the pe teacher that told him he couldn't do that now yes I've, there are there are those examples you know and we're not you know me and, me and steven and the, and the rest of the team here at change education we we acknowledge that 
but we need to keep things on an even keel ensure that those local opportunities go to local students and and if we keep that philosophy no matter where we work within the local uh, it, whether we work in uh, in manchester or london or newcastle upon uh, tyne or in, on the southwest in cornwall you have to benchmark the local community with the school and see what is available local labor market information is absolutely critical because uh, you know generation generations sometimes don't leave their area you know, not everybody leaves Cornwall to move to London. They don't always leave Cornwall to move to New York and have this high-flying IT career. You know, a lot of people do stay in the area they grew up in. Let's match. Let's match it. Make sure that everything is is relevant to that young person. So as long as we keep doing that as a business, and when we work with new schools, new areas, that we 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 look at the local labour market information, and we ensure that our, uh, our we we have a best fit, best match approach, then uh, the schools can uh, can tick off all those gaps with benchmarks as they see fit. Absolutely, I think that lo uh, local uh, labour market information itself is a podcast, an episode in itself that we can yeah. look at Absolutely. in the future. Uh, Steve, we're coming towards the end. Um, what's your final words for our audience? Knowledge is power. At the end of the day, we've worked. We work with some brilliant educators who are fully uh, knowledgeable on the uh, Ofsted agenda, the Gatsby agenda, and they have used their knowledge to create some wonderful, wonderful uh, wider careers programs that maps across the academic year for all year groups. So, knowledge is power. If you are in charge of a uh, careers or work-based delivery responsibilities in the school before you do anything please i know time is you know it's obviously time if you're teaching i understand that's very difficult but before you do do anything and to make sure your programs are meaningful go and read the guidance and then look uh, inwards at your own uh, delivery models and then uh, for our point of view we have read the documents and we have listened to Ofsted, we have listened to gatsby and we've integrated uh, into our uh, packages uh, a delivery model in our package and a delivery model mapped across our software, our, our web platform and our app that always pushes the educator and the student towards excellence. Now, there's a sliding scale there. If they choose not to do the things that are excellent, it'll tell you. And so they'll have to obviously, uh, you know, they have to justify that. But we... Uh, have made programs that are intrinsically pointed towards excellence that map across those agendas and ultimately build reports for them so they can just drop them into their Gatsby Compass Plus uh, reporting. So yeah, so tip from today, I'm, I'm teaching people to suck eggs, but if people are honest to themselves, if they don't know enough, first thing, go and please go and read what's been asked of you or asked of the school to give to the students and then we can support them from there. Incredible. Thank you. Uh, any final words from you, Matthew? Anything to add? Well, work experience is back on the agenda. This is the whole the whole topic of this podcast. And for the price of a, I saw Stephen there drinking a Costa coffee. You know, he's, he's given that, that, not that it needs any branding, that organisation or, or a shout out, but for the price of a Costa coffee every day, that's the cost of a young person accessing the world of work per day. You know, so a lot of educators say we can't afford to send our young people out on work experience. You know, bleep, bleep, explosive. Everybody can afford it. I'm, I'm, I don't buy it that school budgets can't stretch to a coffee per day for a young person. 
uh, for five days. So work experience is back on the agenda. Let's uh, let's let's get our young people out. I think they've been stuck in their bedrooms on virtual uh, programs for far too long. So uh, yeah, thank you, Amos, again. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, um. <laughs> so there you have it. That's uh, episode two, week two. And uh, until next week, thank you very much. Of course, you can find out more. Check out the website, changingeducation.co.uk. You can also email us, info at changingeducation.co.uk. Until next week, bye-bye.